wicked, John 10, 1-18. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep, So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. The next reading is from Psalms 139, verses 1 to 18. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. 
that love which seeks us out, that captures our soul, that changes our life around, that love of God for us is revealed supremely in Jesus. Three words that change our lives. Jesus is Lord. To say those words entails handing over the reins of your life to Christ and letting him take charge, trusting him with your life and his love. It's a declaration that can and must be made by every Christian. You can't be a Christian without saying Jesus is Lord. Paul even goes so far as to say it's only possible to say these words with the help of the Holy Spirit because to say Jesus is Lord means giving Jesus authority over your life. For the next five, year, five, five weeks, we're going to be thinking about what it means to be a Christian, specifically a Christian in a Baptist church like this one. It's a series entitled First Steps, where each letter of the word steps stands for something significant. S, for scripture revealing Jesus. T, trust expressed in baptism. E, evangelism. P, prayer. S, service and spiritual gifts. <clears throat> Churches, like Brighton Road Baptist Church, members of the Baptist Union of Great Britain, sounds rather grand, doesn't it? We're bound together by something called the Declaration of Principle, which says, the first part of which says, the basis of that union of churches is that our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, is the sole and absolute authority in all matters pertaining to faith and practice, as revealed in the Holy Scriptures, and that each church has liberty under the guidance of the Holy Spirit to interpret and administer his laws. We declare and affirm that Jesus Christ is the sole and absolute authority over our lives and over this church. If we say Jesus is Lord, our ultimate allegiance is to him and him alone before all other loyalties over all other masters. Sometimes, That means that obedient to Christ can have an even greater claim upon our lives than the law of the land. There is an honourable tradition of Baptist believers going to prison for their faith. Thomas Helmis, one of the first Baptist Christians, was sent to prison for publishing a a plea for religious liberty in which he argued that the king had no jurisdiction over people's spiritual lives. It means that we don't acknowledge that any other human being has the right to tell us what we can or cannot do. Jesus is Lord. As a church, we have the liberty and the responsibility of interpreting, administering the law of Christ in love. How do we know who Jesus is and what his laws are? The answer simply is through scripture. That is why believers in Jesus need to be people who get to know the Bible And even more importantly, get to know the Lord and Saviour of whom the Bible speaks, Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. One of the distinctive things about being a Christian in a Baptist church is that the authority we recognise is that of Christ revealed in the Scriptures rather than Scripture per se. The function of Scripture is to reveal Christ. And we recognise the authority of Scripture because and in as much as it makes Christ known. That's important. I was chatting to a youth worker the other day who said, I'm talking to my young people about the Bible. And they're digging out all the really obscure Old Testament commands and saying, does that mean we need to do this? Well, actually, the purpose of the Bible is to make Jesus known. 
And our job is to interpret the Bible and to find the mind of Christ. So you can't just lift out bits of the Old Testament and say, this is what God wants us to do, because we need to find what God's will is for us as revealed in his son Jesus Christ. That requires discernment and responsible interpretation. And it's a responsibility that we all share as individuals and as a church. goes to the New Testament as well. If you've seen the film 12 Years a Slave... You might remember that scene where Edwin Epps, the oppressive owner of a cotton plantation, quotes Luke 12, 47 to his slaves. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, that servant shall be beaten with many stripes. He shuts the Bible and says, that's scripture. And as Lord over the slaves of his plantation, he takes that verse literally, and whips those slaves who do not do his will because they don't pick enough cotton each day. And as many slave owners did in those days, they justified their treatment of slaves on the basis of scripture. Not just scripture, actually, but the words of Jesus himself. And we, we see that, and we read about that, and we hear about that, and we think, ah, something somewhere is wrong there. As indeed it is. You can use scripture to justify anything. Ebbs' interpretation was that he as master was authorised by scripture to flog his slaves even if they didn't do his bidding. We would want to say that even though he quotes the words of Christ in Luke's gospel from the overall picture of Jesus that emerges in the gospel of the New Testament, we know that is not how you treat other human beings. It's a matter of reading the Bible and finding the mind of Christ. Finding what it means to say Jesus is Lord. What it means to accept his authority over our lives. And when it comes to interpreting scripture correctly, Christ is the key to understanding and applying scripture's meaning. That's how Martin Luther read his Bible. He said, all of scripture is pure Christ, God's and Mary's son. Everything is focused on this Son that we might know him distinctively and in that way see the Father and the Holy Spirit eternally as one God. To him who has the Son, Scripture is an open book. And the stronger his faith in Christ becomes, the more brightly will the light of Scripture shine on him and for him. It's all about Jesus. A little book published on the Declaration of Principle entitled Something to Declare puts it this way, Our final authority is a person, Jesus Christ. It's not a book, it's not a creed, not even a basis of faith, but a person in whom God manifests himself fully. Our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. Now they say, this phrase of the Declaration makes us different from some other evangelicals who have statements of faith that typically include the clause, our final authority in all matters pertaining to faith and practice is the Bible. And that thinking seems to be that the Bible is the final authority because it witnesses to Christ. But the view taken by the Declaration is the other way around. Our final authority is Jesus Christ, to whom the Bible witnesses. That doesn't mean to say that we downgrade the Scriptures. We always honour the Bible as the Spirit-inspired gift of God to his people, the reliable place where we can expect to hear the living Word of God. But we read it and we interpret it with the help of the Holy Spirit as a witness to the one who is the word of God in the fullest sense, Jesus Christ. If you ask, who is this Jesus? He's not anyone's view of Jesus. He is the Christ revealed 
in the pages of Scripture. That means, as I said before, we all have a responsibility to read and interpret the Bible with understanding and discernment because we look in its pages for Jesus. Jesus who is revealed to us through the word and who reveals God to us when we find him. Jesus who speaks to us with authority through the words of scripture that we read when we understand them correctly. And if we are people who declare that Jesus is Lord, then knowing about Jesus as the one who we proclaim as Lord of our lives is really important. As is being able to hear and discern what it is he's saying to us. If you're a Christian, that means saying Jesus is Lord. If Jesus is Lord, you need to know what he wants to do with your life. And you find that out by finding him in the pages of this book, understanding it, and following his leading in your lives. Being a Christian is a practical, lifelong thing. That's why we read what Jesus says about himself in John chapter 10. He uses the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep to describe the kind of relationship he wants with us. The shepherd calls his own sheep by name. They listen to his voice. He goes on ahead of them to lead the way. And they follow him because they know and recognise his voice. People who've seen Middle Eastern shepherds in operation have described that this is exactly how it works. At times a number of shepherds will bring different flocks to the same watering hole at the same time so their sheep can have a drink. And in the process, all the sheep get muddled up together. But when it's time to move on, each shepherd has his own distinctive way of calling his own sheep. And when the sheep hear the voice of their shepherd, they follow him. Because they will only follow the voice of the one whom they know and trust as their shepherd. It's the same with us in terms of our relationship with Jesus, the Good Shepherd. We are called to be people who listen to his voice. For that time when he calls us by name and says, I'm talking to you, we think, my word, yes, this is God speaking to me. I know what I've got to do. He calls us by name. He knows who we are. He leads the way and we follow his leading because we recognise his voice. It's his authority that we accept. You, as members and friends of Brighton Road Baptist Church, whatever other church it is you might belong to, you are not followers of your minister. You are not followers of Tim Carter or Jack Parson because we, as flawed human beings, do take the wrong turning occasionally. But when someone, whoever it is, preaches a sermon from up here, or when we or anybody else says something in a church meeting, we all have a responsibility to discern what Jesus might be saying in and through that person. To sift it and say, yeah, I heard God speaking to me through that. That bit, I think they're a little bit offline. But our ability to recognise Jesus' voice is directly linked to the extent to which we've learned to recognise his voice understand who he is, follow his leading through a careful reading of scripture. If you start relying on me or Jack to tell you what you need to think or do, then we are all in serious trouble. Don't follow me because I'm lost too. But Jesus is someone you can trust. And we're thinking some more about that next week as we think about trust expressed in baptism. 
But look at the way in which Jesus uses the analogy of the shepherd and the sheep to describe his relationship with us in John 10, 14 to 15. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is not some remote authoritarian figure who barks orders at us and we have to jump to do what he says or else. His authority over us is not based on the fear of what might happen if we don't carry out his commands. His relationship with us is modelled on his own relationship with his Father, which is one of love and trust and cooperation. Jesus doesn't want people who will obey orders. He wants a personal relationship with us. One where we're glad to do his bidding because we know how much he loves us. Same with Hannah. You don't want a girl who will do as she's told because if she doesn't, there'll be trouble. You want a daughter who will love you and trust you and do as you say because she knows that her security is there. It's the same in terms of our relationship with Jesus. We know him, we trust him, we love him, we follow his leading because we know that he's the good shepherd and he takes care of his sheep. This, this is the Christ who's revealed to us through the scriptures. This is the one whose authority we accept. And it's on the basis of the revelation of Jesus in the Bible that we are called to follow him and live our lives for him. Because this book speaks of Jesus, who is the definitive revelation of God to the world, that we read this book, we seek to understand it and interpret it and apply it to our lives because it speaks of Jesus, who speaks to us of God. If you want to explore that further, let me commend to you the baptism and church membership classes that will be running on Friday evenings here at church, starting on the 22nd of April at 8.15. But whether you come to those or not... Let me commend to you the practice of reading scripture and looking for Jesus in it. Listening for his voice. Finding the mind and the will of Christ. And if you're not reading any part of the Bible at the moment, why don't you start with reading John's Gospel? Fourth Gospel in the New Testament towards the end of the Bible. 21 chapters. If you read a chapter a day, that's done in three weeks. Some of the chapters are quite long, so you might want to break it up into smaller chunks. And if reading isn't your thing, then there are ways you can listen to the Bible being read online and all sorts of things. But, if Christianity is on your agenda, then Jesus needs to be on your agenda as Lord. And if Jesus is on your agenda, this book needs to be read and understood and interpreted and applied. So I'd encourage you to read and engage with the Bible prayerfully. Because it tells the story of God's dealing with the world from the world's creation to the point of his coming to us in the person of his son to make himself known and to mend the relationship with himself that we've broken. So don't skim read it. Don't read it without any sense of expectation. The factor of the matter is that the Holy Spirit who inspired the words that you read wants to reveal Jesus to you through those words. So take the time. Make yourself available. Open the Bible, starting at John's Gospel, if you don't know where else to begin, and listen, listen for the voice of Jesus. He is the Good Shepherd. He knows your name. He gave his life for you. 
He wants to lead you safely through this life and bring you into life eternal. And he can be trusted to do this. Just let scripture bring you to that point where you can say with complete confidence and honesty, Jesus is Lord. It's a life-changing declaration. It's a life-giving declaration. Because Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for you and came that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that your primary revelation of yourself is through a person, not a book. Because the book is long and difficult to understand. But thank you for coming into this world as one of us. Another human being. Showing us your love. Showing us how you want us to live. Redeeming us because we have got it wrong. Opening the door to eternal life for us. Thank you for that definitive revelation of who you are. And thank you that the Bible speaks to us so clearly of that. Lord, some of us have said Jesus is Lord and we're struggling to work that out in practice. Forgive us when we've got it wrong. Bring us back to where you want us to be. Enable us again to accept your authority in our lives. Some of us have picked up the Bible and struggled to understand it. Lord, help us as we pick it up again to hear you talking to us, to find Jesus in its pages. And some of us, you're not really on our agenda at all, but we're here this morning. Lord, create a window of faith. Enable us to hear what you're saying, to recognise what you want to do in our lives. Bring us all, each one of us whom you've created, whom you love and whom you know by name, to that point where we can say Jesus is Lord and we find love and forgiveness and life in that declaration. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.